Good morning, everybody. How are you? It's good to see you today. I want you to take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. I want to start off in verse 19 in just a moment. We're beginning a brand new series today on miracles. And uh, over the next three weeks, we're going to look at miracles. The reason we're starting the series is a, a couple of weeks ago, we had a service that ended um, uh, our 21 days of prayer and fasting where we talked about um, that we prayed for miracles and healings on that day. So I thought, why not talk about for a couple of weeks, what are miracles? What are the different types of miracles that God does in our lives? And today we're going to talk about miracles of provision. Next week, we're going to talk about miracles of protection and what God actually does sometimes in your life, even though you feel like you're suffering, how God is holding you and protecting you even in those moments. And then the final week is going to be miracles of healing. I'm going to talk about the reality that God still is in the miracle working business. He still heals today. But I'm also going to address the, the touchy subjects that probably hit your heart sometimes, which is well, why, why sometimes when I pray does it not happen? Why is it that when I want a miracle of healing that it doesn't happen? It happens for some. It doesn't happen for others. There is a holistic view of theology. If I only could just grab hold of one portion of Scripture, I miss the totality of God. And so I want to look at the totality of Scripture and what God does through healing and what God does through us, even in the moments where we don't get what we want. We believe for everything, and we receive, and we trust him in that. So I hope you'll be a part of each one of these over the next few weeks. This morning, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. My God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. It's interesting. Paul is writing this to everyone else while he is in a prison cell wondering if he's ever going to get out. And he writes to them and says, but God is going to be there for you, providing all of your needs. One of the biggest barriers to a miracle anywhere is trying to take your eyes off your circumstances and put it on God. To stop magnifying the circumstances and magnifying who God is. Taking your eyes off this and putting your eyes on that. Here's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to focus with me for the next moment or so. And I want you, whatever circumstance you're facing, I want you to set that aside and remember how big God is. And I just want you to sing this old chorus with me. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Let's sing it one more time. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. 
Father, in these next few moments, as our eyes and our hearts are turned completely toward you, recognizing that we have difficulties and circumstances that we face, but also recognizing that you are greater and over all of them. So we pray, Lord, today, anoint this word as it goes forth and is received. I pray that it be applied, that it be, that it be settled deep within us so that we may believe for the impossible in our lives. For you are the God who makes all things possible. And we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, in every story of need, there is a miracle of provision. One thing about miracles is this. Every miracle starts with a crisis, right? Every miracle starts with a crisis. So if you, are, if you say, I would love to see a miracle performed in my life, understand this. It's going to come with a crisis, right? This is the problem. Everybody wants a testimony. Nobody wants a test, right? But it's in those moments where you realize how big God is in every circumstance of your life. Over and over again in Scripture, the Bible tells us about how God just moves miraculously into these circumstances where people are in great need. One day, Jesus is teaching on the hillside, and there are 5,000 households who have followed him out to this remote area. And when they get out to this remote area, at the end of the day, the disciples come to him and they say, Lord, all of these people are here, they followed you, and they're hungry. There's no place to go get anything to eat. What are we going to do about this? And Jesus said, have them sit down. He said, what do we have? And they said, all we have is the lunch of a little boy, five loaves, two fish. That's all we have. Jesus said, bring it to me. Jesus blessed it. He broke it, began to distribute it. Everyone was fed. Everyone was filled up, and they left with 12 baskets of leftovers. It's a story of great need, but the story's not about the need. The story's about the provision. The Bible tells us in the Old Testament that there is a prophet named Elisha, and he goes to this widow woman who has this son, and they are in desperate need. And when he goes to them, they're about to fit. She said, basically, here's where we are. We are just about out of everything. I'm going to fix this last meal, and I'm going to, after I fix this last meal, we're just going to get ready to die. We have nothing else. We're going to starve to death. And Elisha said, no, no, no. God's going to take care of you. He said, here's what I want you to do. What do you have? She said, I have one small bottle of olive oil. He said, what I want you to do is go get every container you can find. Go borrow them. Go beg for them. Get every container you can find. And she brought it to him. He said, now I want you to start pouring oil into all of those containers. And that little bottle of oil began to fill every one of those containers. And then when, she, when they were all filled, the oil ran out. She went and sold all of the oil, made enough money to sustain her and her son. Every great story of provision starts with a great story of need, but the provision is always greater than the need. That's why Paul is saying, and my God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. God is the giver of all good things, and God is an abundant God. Amen? But here's the important thing. God meets your needs. He doesn't necessarily meet all your wants. There's a difference between needs and wants. You need clothes, right? But you want designer handbags and Air Jordans, right? You need shelter, right? But what you want are granite countertops and 4K television and hardwood floors, right? 
What you need is rest, but what you want is an all-inclusive vacation somewhere near the beach, right? That's the difference between needs and wants. Now, God's not against some of the wants that you have. God will bless you abundantly. There'll be different parts of your lives and times in your life where you'll have more than other times. God's not against giving you your wants. God sometimes will give you your wants, but he will all the time provide for your needs. The promise that is made for us. Knowing that, I want to give you three principles this morning of God's miraculous provision in your life. The first one is this. When God guides, he always provides. When God guides, he always provides. This is what Isaiah 58 and 11 says. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Now, God doesn't provide for all of your plans, but he does provide for all of his plans for your life. There's a story in the Old Testament. It's found in Genesis, and it culminates in Genesis chapter 22. Abraham is a man that God has called out of his home country and told him he wants to follow him, and he wants him to follow him to what is going to be known as Israel one day. But he doesn't tell him where he's going. He said, just travel east. I'll keep telling you where to go. And so Abraham gets this promise from God. He says, I'm, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. But Abraham is old, and he doesn't have a child. And God says, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And so then God, in his old age, gives Abraham a son named Isaac. And through his son Isaac, he said, the nations are going to be blessed. He didn't say through a son. He literally told him, he said, through this son Isaac, the nations are going to be blessed. But then God comes to him, and he tests his heart. And he said, I want, basically he says, I want you to take Isaac your only son, your beloved son, I want you to take him up to the mountain that I will tell you about. Start traveling, and I'll tell you where to go. Take him up to that mountain, and I want you to sacrifice him. And that sounds so harsh and brutal. What we know when we read the story is God never intended for him to do that. God is testing his heart to say, do you love the blessing that I gave you more than me who gave you the blessing? Is your priority still me, or is it focused on the blessing? And Abraham follows the Lord. And the Bible says that on the way, Isaac, his son, asks him, he says, Father, I see the wood is here, the fire is here, everything else is here for the altar, but where is the lamb? And Abraham answers in verse 8, and he says this. He said, God himself will provide the lamb. And they climb that mountain, and they get to the top of that mountain, and he binds his son, willing at that moment to show God that God is first. And as he raises a knife to do what he thinks God wants him to do, God calls to him and says, do not touch that boy. Now I know that your heart loves me more than it loves the blessing. And this is what the Bible tells us that is found in verses 13 and 14 of Genesis chapter 22. It says, And Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. And he went over, took the ram, sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. And so Abraham called that place, The Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, On the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. So what do we know from that? That Abraham has his life fixed on doing the will of God. 
that he's got it fixed on the will of God. I don't understand these things. I don't even, I don't even comprehend what God is asking me to do at this moment in time, but my mind and my life are fixed on the will of God. Hebrews tells us that when it looks back and talks about this moment, Hebrews tells us that Abraham believed God to such an extent that he believed that even if God would have made him sacrifice the son, that God would have raised Isaac from the dead. Do you know how remarkable that is? Because at this moment in time, in Genesis, nowhere has resurrection ever been spoken of or ever thought of, and Abraham believed. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I know he's made me this promise, and I depend on him. That's the faith that he has in God the provider, loving him more than he loves the blessing. The problem with a lot of people is they're not fixated on the will of God. They're fixated on their lack. They're focused on what I don't have instead of who I do have. I want to tell you something. Provision is not just in the form of money. It's not just in the form of finances. Yes, God will open a door and provide a job for you. God may open a door and provide a calling. God may close some doors and open some doors to make sure you're going in the right direction. God may put people in your life that will either steer you, point you, or fulfill the destiny of God in your life. And every single one of those are provision that God is giving to each of us. Provision is not about the resource. Provision is about the source of the blessing. The reason why in this moment where Abraham says, on this mountain, the Lord will provide. This is the place where we begin to call the Lord Jehovah Jireh, my provider. This is the place. Why? Because it's not just about money. It's about so much more than that. Because on that same mountain, God would allow his own son to be born and to live this life for you and me, a sinless life. And on that same mountain, he would allow his son to be taken up that mountain. And on that same place, he would allow his son to be sacrificed for your sins and for my sins so that you might have everything that you lack in your life from salvation to provision to hope and redemption and to joy and to peace. Provision is so much more than just resources. And wherever God guides, he always provides. If God ever leads you in a direction, I promise you, if he ever takes you down a path, there will always be provision on that path. At the same time, the biggest hang-up people have when it comes to provision and trusting God is usually with resources. It's the biggest, it's the biggest challenge for most people to get a hold of. The second point I want to tell you is this, is that God miraculously multiplies what is given. He miraculously multiplies what is given. Sometimes God does it all, okay? God saved Jonah with a great fish, and Jonah did nothing and didn't deserve any of it, okay? Sometimes he does it all. God sent to all of the people of Israel when they are starving and they are complaining and they're asking, where is God in all of this? God sends what is called bread from heaven to settle on the ground in order to feed them every single day. 
They literally called it, the word is manna, which means what is it? We don't know what this is. Nobody's ever heard of it. Nobody's ever seen it. This is unheard of. And every day he provided. When they complained that they were getting tired of manna, God sent birds just to settle down where they just walked over and the birds didn't fly away. And they would take the birds and they would fix them and they would eat them. Listen, God is the God of provision. Sometimes he will do it all by himself and we don't have to do anything along the way. But then there are other times where God wants to build our faith at the same time. And he invites you to be a part of the miracle. What does he do? He asks you to give. And then he multiplies what you give. When did God multiply that widow's oil? When she started to pour. When did God multiply all of the food to feed the people on that hillside? When that young boy said, this is all I have, but you can have mine. When did God, Abraham become the father of many nations? It was proclaimed over him, but it was at the moment he said, God is greater than anything else. And he offered, willingly offered his son. This is what 2 Corinthians 9 and 10 says. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant toward you. First, he supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. This principle of generosity goes back all the way through the Old Testament and even prior to that. It is what is called tithing. It, is, it is literally predates all of the law of the scripture active today. And if you say, I don't know what tithe means, the word tithe literally means a tenth. That's all it means. It is the principle of trusting God and that God is the Lord, our provider. What God says is this, is that 100% of what you have belongs to him anyway. It's all his. And he asks you to trust him with 10% and believe that you can make that God will bless you more with the 90% that is left over than 100%. It, this is no different than what's called the Sabbath day. When God says, I want you to take the seventh day and rest, and I will guarantee you, you can accomplish more in six days with the rest than you will be if you try to work seven days. It's all a matter of trust in this, but this is the hardest, one of the hardest things for people to get a hold of. And God knows this. So in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, he's addressing the whole issue with people that are having difficulty grasping this. And he says, you don't trust me in this? You have a tough time believing this? He said, God says, test me in this. Try me in this and see if I don't open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. And I know, you, most of you, you've been around me long enough. I don't stand up here. I don't beg you for money. I don't ask you for money, but I don't shy away from teaching biblical principles. And I can tell you this, not only does the word say it, not only do I believe it, I have lived it. And I know it to be true. But probably the, one of the greatest tests that I've ever had in trusting God with resources was for six years out of college, I worked in the business world. And God had given me success in the business world and then called us into ministry as a youth pastor. And so we, with left business world, went into youth pastoring with a, a, a son 
of newborn, six days old. One car between us, making about 30% of what we made the week prior. I'm telling you, I don't know if you know this, if you ever used the calculator, like the old written type calculator, you ever done the math and you see the red ink come up? That means you're in the negative. You, you, ever, you ever had those moments? Every time I added up all of our income and had all of our bills, it was always in the red. Always. We lived in what's called, it's an old term, parsonage. It's a house that the church owns that sits on the church property that everybody knows is there, and you got to be there 24-7 to open up the church for people. But we live there. Here's what I can tell you. That calculator said red all the time. But we never missed a meal. We never lacked baby formula. We never lacked diapers or clothing for that child. We never missed a bill. We were never late on a payment. And within two years, we owned our own home. We bought a second car. I don't know how God's math works, but it just does. And some of you are saying, man, I am so stretched right now. I don't know how I can do that. Let me just tell you something. If you'll trust God with something, God will start to pour out the blessings from heaven on you. It's all about trust. It's not about the amount. It's about trusting him. Third thing I want to tell you is this. Is that when you do these things, you might be a part of God's miraculous provision. 2 Corinthians 9 11 says this. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result, will result in thanksgiving to God. God has a way of taking the little that you think you have and give, combining it with others, and multiplying it to do great things. Because people give here at this church every year, hundreds of people go from death to life, go from an eternity away from God to an eternity with God. Hundreds of people accept Jesus Christ. And you notice what it says there? Your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I thank God for every part and moment that you trust him with your resources. I thank God for that because you're a part of every one of those salvations. I thank God for the hundreds of thousands of salvations that take place all across the world through our missionary partnerships. I thank God for every person who gives, great or small to that, because you are a part of that miraculous provision. 
When someone can't pay their bill or can't pay the mortgage, God has blessed us so much here that we're able to come alongside people and help them get back on their feet. And I thank God for every part that you play in that because God is using that for miraculous provision in someone's life. I thank God for a counseling center that's here at this church that people can get counseling free of charge because of your giving. I thank God that those who could not otherwise have it now get biblical counseling because you trust God with your resources and you are a part of the miraculous provision in their lives. I thank God that thousands of meals are provided every single year, that victims of sex trafficking are set free, that homeless shelters set for families have been provided because of the generosity of you because you trust God with your resources. I thank God that he's made us part of miraculous provision, but it is him and him alone that deserves all of the praise. Amen. A few weeks ago, we had 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I want to encourage you this morning, because at the end of this service, if you have a need of provision, we want to pray for you. Pray that the God of provision, the Lord, our provider, will meet you and supply every need that you have. But I want to build your faith today by two testimonies that have been shared with us over the last few weeks. One of them said, good morning. I have a praise report. During the 21 days of prayer and fasting, I've been fasting and praying for my finances. I've always tithed and paid my bills, but been bad about spending money, using credit cards and not saving. I went to the altar for prayer this past Sunday because I wanted to change. I want to get out of debt. I don't want to waste God's money. I want to be a good steward. Monday morning at work, I got a phone call from upper management that I would be getting a raise that would be effective on my very next paycheck. Not only that, but due to an error in HR, it will be retroactive back to January 1st. God is good. He answers prayers according to his will. I'm very grateful, and my prayer request is to keep me strong on the journey to financial freedom. The Bible says rejoice with others. Can you rejoice for that praise? Another one said, I got my miracle yesterday. I've been waiting for my start date with Lockheed Martin ever since October when I received my offer letter. In November, I moved from Las Vegas to Marietta, hoping to start before December 12th. But in January, I flew back to Vegas to be interviewed for my security clearance. In the meantime, while living in Marietta, my friends told me about Mount Perrin North. My mom and I have enjoyed coming to church here. We did the 21-day fast, and I thought for sure my miracle would happen. Well, after four months plus a move from Sarasota, Florida to Las Vegas only for six months, and then to Marietta and not working, we were running out of money, but stood firm in our faith and waiting on a miracle. On February 16th, I got my miracle, my start date for March 6th. God is so good. Now I hope to be a blessing to others because God has blessed me. Can you rejoice with that provision for their lives? Listen, in a miracle of provision, there is always, always a moment where you have to believe for the miraculous. I want to share one more story with you. Probably the time that God challenged me the most in my life. I had a sensing from God that I was supposed to do something for a missionary. And I had an amount that I thought God put in my spirit about giving to this missionary. I didn't have that amount. I didn't have it in checking. I didn't have it in savings. I didn't have it anywhere. 
And I just, in my prayer time, I just said, you know, I mean, you know all things. You know I don't have this money. And God said, and my, dropped in my spirit, he said, but you know you've got that Jeep Grand Cherokee right out there, right? And I was like, that one's paid for. Are you kidding me? And I just couldn't get it out of my heart. And that would have dropped us now with two kids back to one car for a little while. And I wrestled with it. I wish I could tell you, I was, a, I was pastoring a church. I wish I could tell you I got up from my knees and went, absolutely, Lord. I wrestled with that for days and days until finally I said, all right, I'll put it on the market and I'll ask an unreasonable price for it. Within two hours, I got my asking price. And the guy said, hey, I wanna come over and look at it. If it's what I want, you take cash? Yes, we, I take cash. And here's the remarkable thing. The next day I went and gave the money, um, uh, gave the money in the offering, which was a Sunday. The next morning I went to the office and the financial administrator came to me and said, hey, this is the oddest thing. I said, okay. He said, you know that exact amount you gave, which was an odd amount, you know? And uh, he said, you know the exact amount you gave? I said, yeah. He said, somebody gave the exact same amount that you did for the same missionary. I said, really? I said, well, cut the check. Cut the check right now. Mail it off. He mailed off the check that day. Two days later, I get a letter from Kenya. It's from that missionary. Crossing paths, never knowing. It said, we're in financial hardship. If we don't get this amount, we're gonna have to come off the field. All of this is going on right now. And we're gonna have to come off and come raise money. Can I tell you something? It was to the penny, the exact amount of both of those. What I didn't know was within five months, God would call me to Mount Perrin North to be a missions pastor here. You have no idea that when God allows you to partner in the miraculous provision, how it literally can change the course of your life. That God can use you in his wonderful destiny. And you will have to battle fear and lean into faith. Because fear will tell you, what if I run out? Faith will tell you, what do I have to give? Fear will say, I don't have enough. Faith will say, God has more than enough. Fear will tell you, I can't afford to tithe. Faith will tell you, I can make it on 90% with God better than I can 100% without God. Now, just so you know my heart, we're not taking up a special offering this morning. I'm not asking for pledge cards. God hasn't called me here to raise funds. He's called me to raise Christians. Christians who will dare to step into the promises of God everywhere in their lives. And I want you to live in the provision and the blessing of God. In a few moments, our prayer team is gonna be down here and we're gonna pray. You have a need, for, especially for provision. We wanna pray that God is gonna supply all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. 
and you don't have to pledge to tithe or anything like that, we're going to pray that over you. But before we do that, I want to remind you of something. On the mountain where Abraham said, the Lord will provide, is the same mountain that God provided for your salvation and your relationship with Jesus. It's the greatest provision you'll ever have. It's the greatest offer you'll ever receive. It's the greatest offer you'll ever say yes to. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here in this room and you know that things aren't right between you and the Lord when you came in here, if you wanna make a change today and follow him, just need to pray something like this. Jesus, I thank you for your provision. Thank you for being the sacrifice. Thank you for being everything that I will ever need. I'm asking today that you forgive me of my sins, cleanse me of my past. I yield now to your Lordship. Lead me by your word and your spirit every day of my life. And I will never be the same. I'm just gonna ask you to pray this prayer of profession with me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. One more time. Jesus, I give you my life. Now, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if that's you, I'm not here to embarrass you or call you out, but if that's you, I want you to be bold this morning as I pray for you this week. If that's you, you say, that's me. I'm following Jesus for the first time or the first time in a long time today. Would you just raise your hand, keep it up really high just for a moment so I can pray for you this week. I want you to be like, God bless you. You're not alone. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Yeah, you're not alone. Keep them up just a moment, please. Amen. Amen. Yep, I see that one. Yep. All right, you can put them down. Father, we thank you right now that the provision that you have given to us, the most precious provision through Jesus Christ our Lord, has been received now. And I pray that hope spring up in their hearts and joy would fill their souls right now. Now, Lord, in these next few moments, as we pray and believe, fill this place with your presence, meet needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus, we ask for your glory. Amen and amen. I'm gonna ask you to stand if you would, please. There's one thing in particular I wanna do is as our prayer team, go, go ahead and pray, the prayer team, go ahead and come up here. This time is for prayer for you, anything you need. I mean, if you need something, if you need um, a relationship, emotional healing, you need anything like that. But especially this morning, if you have a, a financial need, a provision in your life, we wanna pray for you. But I want you to listen to me very, very closely. This morning, as I was praying, I felt this deep in my heart that if you are facing financial difficulties because of your health, I want you to tell that person because not only do we wanna pray for the financial difficulties, we wanna pray for your healing to get to the root cause of what's causing the financial stress in your life. We wanna believe that God is gonna to touch the root cause of that and set you free from both the healing and provide you with the resources right now in the name of Jesus. So as we begin to worship right now, if you have a need, I want you to be bold enough and believe God enough, believe big that God is gonna meet you here as someone prays with you this morning. Let's pray and believe and let's worship together. <laughs> You are the same God. You are the same. 
continue to pray that are down here. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I ask for your blessing and provision to rest on every person in this room. I pray that as they open their hearts to believe even more, I pray your blessings pour out on them. For every person that is in the room that is watching online, that begin to trust you incrementally in their lives, I pray that immediately abundant blessings would pour out on them, O oh God. And immediately you would provide ways that they would understand how you are allowing them to get part of the kingdom work you're wanting to do. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that as your blessings pour into us, that your blessings would flow through us to others so that your name may be glorified, O oh God. I pray, God, as you continue and you pour even more resources, God, help us to be a bigger and a better blessing to the people that are around us. I pray, Lord, that in our minds today, that even though our needs may be great, that we walk out of this place realizing that our provider is even greater. And that if God has given us Jesus Christ, that the Father is never going to withhold any good gift from us. And so our hope, our trust, our dependence, and our faith is in you. And we give you praise today for all that you have done, all that you are doing now, and all that you are going to do in the future. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord praise in this place.
Hey, there's rejoicing in the presence of angels when one person comes to know Jesus Christ. Five people gave their hearts to Christ this morning. Come on, let's celebrate big today. Amen. If you made that decision today or the last few weeks, or maybe you just need some more information about Mount Perrin North to get plugged in, find your spiritual gifts. Some of our grow team are gonna be right down here at the end of service. Would love for you to just step down, talk to them. They'll take two minutes and give you a lot of information and then uh, just help you get walking on the path that God's called you to, either in your walk with Christ or here at North to get plugged in in there. I hope you'll be a part of the next two weeks. Next week, we're talking about miracles of protection what God is doing sometimes in suffering in your life, and then the following week, miracles of healings. Before you leave today, allow me the privilege to bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Let's give our response. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you, folks. Love you. Have a great day.